0: everybody welcome back it is another episode of the bunker boys here with george and slade we got our jack wagon sports polos on uh we had a great week uh watching the match play we're excited to break all that down for you guys and get you ready for the valero texas open this week of course eyes on the prize for next week it is masters week but we will get there in in due time Uh, we want to focus on these two tournaments to start uh there will be no highlights this week uh we got a dmca strike last week for playing those highlights so uh have to figure something out, but um, no, no highlights this week, but still plenty to talk about. Uh, and, and we are excited to get into it. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, as always, let's go ahead and get started with our sponsor, uh, which is W Energy. Uh, head over to W.GG, use code JACKWAGON, and get 10% off your order today. Uh, that'll really help us out. And also, we wanted to remind you guys uh, to head over and check out our merch. We'll bring that up in a little bit. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the Dell Match Play review uh sam burned the field uh sam burns it just had him cover this week uh i just want to go over he ran the gauntlet he went three and oh in his group didn't lose a single match the entire week uh his group i would say i would consider probably the easiest one out of um everybody this week but still it it was no easy task i should say uh he had adam scott who is a veteran uh played on many Ryder cup teams is very familiar with the, the match play Um, He had Seamus Power, who has had a really good start to the year. uh, Kind of struggled here as of late. And then he had Adam Hadwin, uh, who had a really good um, WM Phoenix Open and is always a threat on the PGA Tour. So he beats all three of those guys. uh, He moves into the bracket. His first round is against Patrick Cantlay, um, a a Team USA guy. We've seen him on many Ryder Cups, many um, President Cup teams. And he, a veteran of match play. He goes out there and he takes care of Patrick Cantlay. Uh, Slade was sad to see that. Uh, and then he moves on to Mackenzie Hughes, who was a big surprise. And we'll talk about upsets here in a minute. Uh, he defeats him. Then he moves on to Sunday. He plays Scotty Scheffler first. but They played 22, 21, 21 holes. holes. Um, t- took a while to get that one decided. But he mm-hmm. comes out with a late birdie uh, to get up over his best friend, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I don't think the announcers could have brought up any more of how good of friends those guys were. Um, and then he moves into the championship round, and he defeats... Uh, Cameron Young, Cameron Young had the hot hand all week. Really going into Sunday, I, I thought he was the guy to beat, um, and I I didn't see that ending any other way. Um, so let's go ahead. So Sam Burns defeats Cam Young six and five, and then over in the third place match, uh, Rory defeated Scotty Scheffler two and one. Um, everybody was coming in this Sunday was very hyped on the possibility of getting Rory versus Scotty. Everybody thought it was going to be the championship match, but here it was third place. Uh, regardless, I was still excited to see this matchup one way or the other. Um, but Slade, just your overall thoughts uh, on, on the tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Burns ran the gauntlet. He went three and zero in his pool play, and then he really—I mean—I think that he started out with his with his hardest match of the first two there in bracket play um, against Cantley. Uh, Hughes, like you said, was a surprise to get there. I really didn't even think that. I think he beat him two and one. Um, I, I did not think that it would be close. I thought that Hughes is like so-called luck would run out and he'd end up having a six and five like he did against young in the finals here um i would like to have seen cam young and burns maybe facing the semis just to be able to see that match and then have him face either sheffler or rory in the finals just because i mean you saw him and Scheffler go 21 holes if that would have been the final it would have been crazy it would have ended the weekend really great and then also against Roy, I think Roy would have been able to compete against him pretty hand in hand to where it would have went down to like the last one or two holes.
0: Yeah. Um. Real quick, I want to talk about Sam Young. Uh. Or it's not Sam Young. Cam Young. <laughs> yeah. Um. But a lot of uh, fuss was made this week about he he just switched caddies. Uh. He gets Webb Simpson's old caddy. Um. And I gotta say, I mean, we we have known cam young's potential we've seen how good he can be uh he uh, had second place finish at the open championship last year um has yet to win uh, but but he, he's shown he's uh, one of the most consistent he's right up there neck and neck with rory as one of the best long drivers in the game um somebody that uh, you and i are both excited about um i i think with this new caddy pairing we saw a few times i i think in the championship match he was a little bit tired. He was kind of worn out from. He had a grueling gauntlet himself of, of you know people he had to roll mm-hmm. through. His group was not easy, um, and so I think Sunday it was it was kind of wearing down on him a little bit, uh, and you saw the frustration show through more and more. Uh, but you know in the group play and leading up to that championship match, there was times where he wanted to get upset, but his his new caddy uh, did a very good job of keeping him calm, keeping him on on track and on focus. And that's what he was able to do so well, getting into that championship match, beating big names like Rory in the semifinals. Um, and so I just want to give a quick shout to him. Uh, and I'm very excited to see where he's going. Uh, I, his first win is coming. I mean, we're going to talk about Masters Fantasy next week, but I, I already have him penciling into my lineup. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to talk about real quick here um, is speaking of people I penciled into my lineup, um, who were some of your biggest upsets uh, this week um, in the match play tournament?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I have two. Uh, In terms of group play, it has to be speed. I mean, he lost to both Lowry and Montgomery in his group. I uh, wouldn't have seen him. I I mean, I could have seen maybe have a bad day and tie against one of these guys, but just straight-up lost both of them. I did not see that coming. Um, uh, He he definitely had a rough weekend in general. I mean, last week we had talked about how this is – a course that's right near where he went to college um, that we would have thought that he'd have, I mean, at least tons of rounds more than people like Lowry and Montgomery have at this course. You would have just thought that it would have been like playing at a second home. Um, Just didn't seem like that was the case this weekend. And then in the round of 16, I mean, we love Homa, but he was over Homa and and doing it three and two was, was pretty uh, crazy. I mean, I think that Homa got hurt. Uh, hurt his chances by having the whole day off the day before. Um yeah. Getting that that medical uh withdrawal, um. Against who was it? Uh, Matsuyama. Uh, Bats- Bats- yeah. Yama. Um, having that happen, I mean, he had the whole day off. I'm sure he practiced, did some did some things like that, but he didn't actually get to go out and play 18. He didn't get to actually, you know, go out and hit shots from these different areas that he hadn't yet seen, which would have been really uh. I mean, beneficial for him. Uh, and that happening, I think that that's what hurt him. Obviously, Hughes went out and beat him handedly. So, I mean, you got to give your hat off to him. But, yeah, that
0: was that was the biggest upset for me. Yeah, um, so I, I did the same thing. I did a, a group play in bracket. Bracket was the same as you, Max Homa. Um, I thought the day off could kind of be good for him and re- refreshing. Um, and just because he had a really tough group to get through. Uh, one, one thing uh, – Just looking at Matsuyama quick, I mean, he won the Masters two years ago, um, has won tournaments here and there, but you haven't seen consistency out of him since. And I know he's dealt with some injuries here and there and was dealing with it this weekend. So I was a little surprised to see him still in the field for this week Uh, and a lot of experts picking him. I thought he would have really liked to enjoy that week off um, and then head into the Masters, kind of refreshed a little bit and and relaxed. But uh, we'll see how he does this weekend. Hopefully he's healthy and can stay healthy for the Masters because um, homo said it best when he when is healthy when he's at his best the game is a lot better um that, that masters uh you know coming on the wire with him a few years ago was so much fun to watch eh? and when when he's healthy it is fun um as far as group play uh, i went with john rom going one and two i mean you and i were both excited when ricky fowler beat him but um only getting one win and that win coming against. Um, uh, M- Keith Mitchell, uh, he, he beat Keith Mitchell, and then um, Billy Horschel, who was a, a well-documented, very good player in match play. You know, setups. Um, we, we both expected that to be a lot closer. I think everybody did, and Billy Horschel kind of kept him at, at at arm's length the entire match. Uh, Rom could just never get any momentum, uh, and so that was a little surprising. I expected him again to turn one of those into a tie. I really wanted him to turn that Horschel one into a tie, so that way we get Ricky, you know, into a little playoff there. But it didn't happen. Um, my other upset and I was, I was alluded to earlier. Uh, I, Cam young penciled into my master's lineup. Uh, I've had Zalators penciled into my master's lineup all year, just because he always does well there. Uh, ever since coming back from his injury, I I have yet to see anything from him, uh, that kind of signals that, yep. You know, he's back to his form and he's going to be good to go. He was putting absolutely atrocious this week. Uh, I think he had like a three foot putt at one point and just hit it six feet past the hole. Uh, so I'm a little concerned there. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was a little concerned to see that, and as a Zalatoris fan, uh, that's not what you want to see. He goes technically 0-3, uh, but really 0-2, and then he just conceded his last match. I uh, just gave up and uh, didn't want to come back, and honestly, I don't blame him with how he was playing. Um, the other upset I have written down here was Hovland going 1-2. and two. Again, somebody uh, comes from the European side, is very experienced with match play growing up and in this style, uh, and has been playing super well all year. Uh, he just could not catch any breaks, and that's that's what match play does, and it brings out is, you know, these guys. It, it kind of amplifies when they have one or two bad holes, uh, and you let the other guy get momentum and get get up on you two or three sh- um, two or three holes. Uh, it's it's difficult to come back. We saw Scotty Scheffler was able to make multiple comebacks. He, I believe, he was down three in the semifinal. He came back and actually had the lead for most of that. Um, he went and, down in every match. Yeah, I, I believe he was down. A, I think two holes in every match this week. Yeah, Uh, it was was all at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but but was able to come back and win all but the last two. Um, But a lot of these other guys, they just weren't able to flip that switch uh, like like Scheffler was. Uh, So those are my three big upsets. Um, Moving on, uh, one thing I want to touch on really quickly uh, that is concerning me, and I've seen some other people talking about this uh, here recently, um, is the fact that NBC's coverage is... I would call it concerning Um, the the amount of commercials. Every time they come back and they show two or three shots, I think the most I've seen this week was like six shots in a row. And then I I don't mind side by side. I get that we need to get through commercials, but I like that because we can still see golf going on. Uh, It's the the full screen commercials that are absolutely killing me. Um, So I I just want to get your opinion on this and, and see if you have any concerns about their coverage, because what, I first noticed it back around like the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Players, um, and the week after the Players, uh, which was the Valspar, um, they were still running commercials for the Players Championship. Uh, it, but that was mainly NBC. This was the first week that I noticed that was really going on with the Golf Channel. I just, I think it had been before, and I just never picked up on it. Um, but I just want to see if you have any level of concern or, or anger towards um, towards how they cover it because you and I both watch NASCAR a lot. There's been a lot of heated debate about nascar's coverage or fox's coverage of nascar with the Mm. multiple commercial breaks and and missing a lot of key moments um so as somebody who's experiencing that on the other hand are are you as worried or as upset with nbc and their golf coverage or are you just kind of brushing it off
1: um in comparison with nascar i think it's a little different i think we get more side-by-side coverage of the 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 uh, commercial and the race going on at the same time i mean It seems as if in the final stage, there's only one actual commercial, Mm -hmm. um, the last couple of races that I've gotten to see that it was just a full commercial, no actual action of the race that you're able to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think that this goes down to, and I think that it it's, you have it pinpointed to a certain time. I think this started when they tried to start competing with live, uh, the elevated events. Um, I, I think that this is their way of making more money to be able to get those, bigger bonuses um, with the elevated tournaments. Um, I think that that's, this is the only way that they've found that they're able to do that through advertising. Um, I mean, you can't really put any more advertisements on the course. You've already got the entire tee box advertised up. You've got all the golfers with advertise all advertisement all over them. You've got the caddies, the bags. You, I mean, you, you got everything around the green. Yeah. It, I mean, this is the only thing that they could do aside from – I don't know, putting a camera on the balls and like in the little bottom corner have (laughs) some sort of ad. I don't know. But I I think that this is the play. Uh, I think that golf needs to realize that, or the PGA, I I think that the perfect way to get away from this is to just go to ESPN Plus for it all. I mean, I know that they're not going to do that. NBC is like, it, it, it goes back to being like the good boys club. It's always been with these guys. It's the same people announcing all the time this, the re- the reason that you had said Burns and Scheffler, you heard about them being best friends since they were like in diapers or whatever they wanted to yeah. say seventeen times, is because these dudes are like seventy years old that are that are commentating on this. This is, I mean, you can only talk about Scheffler hitting the ball five feet into the rough so many times before you go back to the same five key points that they handed you on a card. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think that anything that has multiple groups or matches happening at the same time that espn plus is above everyone else right now and that you can watch multiple things uh the only person that has really come into competition with that which we had found uh you had found earlier in the year is youtube tv where you can do the the multiple screens uh i think that was what you had said right
0: yeah so uh you you can't do it right now we we could only do it during the tournament but they're supposed to be like fully launching it this fall Mm -hmm. um but I did want to say, like, for me, this is just mainly an NBC problem. And, and NBC owns the golf channel, and I get that. Um, I I personally cannot stand Paul Azinger, and I know I talk to you guys about it all the time. Uh, but I swear to God, if I hear him one more time, when somebody's over, like, a, a winning putt or a huge putt to, like, maybe go up, like, he did it so many times to Jordan Spieth back at the Arnold Palmer uh, when, when Spieth was trying to mount a little bit of a comeback and get some you know, momentum behind him. Every time I stood over a putt, Paul Azinger goes... Okay, so this week he's he's fifteen of fifteen from this range, and then he would miss the putt. And I'm like, just shut up. But then the next hole, you know, he kind of lines up for the same kind of putt. I'm like, okay, we just talked about it last hole. We don't need to 15 talk about it 16. again. <laughs> he's like, all right, he's fifteen <laughs> and sixteen. I'm like, shut up. Like, wait until he hits the putt. Be like, okay, that makes him. Like, I, I just can't stand when you sit there. And, it, especially when you as an announcer, you have to understand that there is an announcer's drinks. I don't. I don't care how you know, not in the superstition and stuff you are, but just the amount of times you see an announcers not in just golf, but every sport all around the world. Every time they go to talk about somebody, something usually happens to that person, whether it's if you're talking bad, something good happens or vice versa. But in the golf, it's usually, oh, look how good he's playing this week. And then the next drive is, you know, over into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I personally really can't say I'm And that kind of would build up the hatred. Golf channel, I, I, I kind of simmer with a little bit more because he's not on there yet um and i can deal with it for the two three hours is on before it flips over to NBC. um but it's to me it's so night and day because like you said espn plus i feel like is really good um their commentators can get a little bit annoying and they're much better last year when i you know watched more and more golf i think last year might have been the first year they had golf on espn plus mm-hmm. or it was the first year i watched golf on espn plus i should say I forget what tournament it was, but at one point the announcers were like arguing with each other, like over the air. I'm sitting there going like, what is going on? Um, they're definitely getting better. Still not my favorite, but they're getting better. Uh, but CBS's coverage is just night and day so much better. Uh, and they, they do a really great job with their commentary. Jim Nance is obviously, I mean, the voice of our generation for mm-hmm. football and, and, and golf and college basketball. Um and it, it's just so difficult to go from great coverage by CBS and everything that they're doing, to you know, integrate more into the game. Uh, they were the ones, at least as far as I know, that introduced the uh, let's interview a player as he's as he's playing this hole. Um, I believe the first thing that did that was uh, their first coverage. It might have been the farmers. Uh, I absolutely loved it. That was that was cool. And now I know NBC does it as well. Um, again, they might have introduced it. And I just didn't notice it before, but I believe CBS introduced it. So that's what I'm going to say for now. Um <clears throat> But I, I just, their coverage is so much better. When they do commercials, it's usually pretty quick. And they do a lot more side by sides, I feel like. Um, and so I, I just can't stand NBC's coverage. Like I said, I think the tipping point for me going back was at the Valspar Championship watching, and they were running commercials for the players that was the week before. And I just thought that was dumb. But um, you know, I think you know. that it also
1: goes on like how you watch it, too, because yeah. based on what you're saying, you're watching it uh, like volume on, like you're you're sitting there and that's where you're all your times at, at that like that's what you've set aside your time to do is watch that or whatever though i don't even watch it with freaking volume sometimes because yeah. i that's why i like talked so highly of the ESTN plus version of how you're able to because if i want to watch the the full coverage or whatever where they're going to go to like the big shots and stuff like that or the whatever then that's what i watch if i want to watch just rory play then that's what i click on if i want to watch like the scheffler homa group and it's two separate groups playing like that's So I just like that aspect of it in that yeah. I can just watch whatever I want to watch. I don't want to watch uh, Montgomery hit the ball into the woods for three holes and then, <laughs> oh, now we're going to switch over to Scheffler and watch him after he yeah. just eagled on a hole and we didn't get to see it.
0: Right. Um, and I, I will say, I understand how difficult it is to, to not include a ton of commercials, especially mm-hmm. when you're doing match play and in tournament style where you're showing less and less groups as you go throughout the day. Um. And like, I don't, I don't envy the position they were in where you had, you have four golfers out there and it takes five minutes for them to get <laughs> to their next shot and kind of get set up. Um, and so the match play tournament is not what I was upset about. It's just, you, this has been a trend over multiple weeks now that we've seen, um, but we just got to get to one more week of NBC and then the final four is over this weekend. The masters obviously goes to CBS and it starts their long run throughout the summer. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Um we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, this will be the last year for the Dell Technology Match Play uh, tournament, the, the style that it is in now. Um, I don't think it's perfect by any means. We we really enjoy it, but, again, there's been major flaws. They've tweaked this format throughout the years. Uh, so Slade and I were both gave each other the task of going out and creating our own individual perfect match play tournament. Uh, so, Slade, I'll let you go first. Describe to me what your perfect match play tournament would be.
1: Yeah, so I talked to you beforehand. I said that this is... I had labeled this the best week of golf outside of a major um, for everyone except the players, basically. Um, It's quite the week. Uh, I put it as the first tournament of the year and an elevated event so that it forces the top 50 players in the world to play in it. Um, Obviously, they're not going to like that, but it's for the fans, not for them. It's the first week. They can take a couple weeks off if they need afterwards after playing this many uh, rounds, but... Uh, the way that I have it is set up similar to the Dell, uh, but there's going to be pools of five instead of pools of four. Um, I kind of put this, I don't know if you remember like the New Oxford wrestling tournament and how yeah, there was yeah. pools on Friday night and then Saturday, Sunday was the tournament. Um, similar to that. Uh, so there's pools of five and we're going to play at a course that has two 18 hole courses, similar to, uh, what was the windy X course that they played at earlier this season? Where uh, it was, I, you were playing on the north or the south?
0: Yeah, uh, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach has when they yeah, do the, the program there. They have three courses, and then, um, Torrey Pines has two courses. They have a north and south course. Yeah. So, um,
1: they would need to play on two courses for this to work. Obviously, but the three would definitely help. But um, so the winner of the pool advances. Um, and so from the 50 you'll go down to 10 uh after pool play and so we would do that by the 50 people playing two 18 rounds each day on wednesday and thursday that would get their four pool play rounds out of the way the the top person or uh friday morning you would play like your sudden death playoff, whatever the deal is to get that that tiebreaker. But with a group of five, there shouldn't really be too much of that. There obviously is going to happen. But yeah. um, then Friday, it would go into bracket play with the top 10 players. At this point, it goes off of your world ranking. So whoever is the top two is going to get a buy for the first round because of it being 10 players. And the other eight will play in a round on Friday, or uh, sorry, yeah, on Friday morning the winners will then move into what would be called the semifinals. Um, the semifinals is where the first and second seed players would get to play their first round. Um, this, Throughout this bracket play now, your score goes with you. So yeah. say the 10 seed upsets the seven seed or whatever in the first round, and they were three under uh, in total for that round. Um, and then they go into the second the second round for that for that day 1 on friday um and they win again they upset the the 3 seed now or whatever and um they do 6 under this time they're now 9 under so so it's kind of been, like the tour championship does so like every, correct correct it's okay and so so there's going to end up being three people out of this bracket that go into saturday and sunday play these are going to be the three top players now mind you if the one and two seed win theirs and make it into this, they're going to be at a deficit because someone already played two rounds on Friday versus just their one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously they could go 10 under, you know, they could have some sort of stellar thing. It could be Scheffler and he's the top person still, but then Saturday, Sunday, they'll just play one round of 18 on Saturday, one round of 18 on Sunday and the best person gets the, the championship with it being an elevated event it would be obviously a lot more money um but in total this would be four five six seven eight possible rounds that they would play in, in this time frame or whatever i mean i know it's a lot uh yeah. but i i would like to see it as a fan yeah
0: i can definitely see that as like that would be fun for us to watch but as a golfer i would absolutely hate you right um but uh so my tournament uh i i took um I kind of took like a Ryder Cup or, a, you know, a President's Cup approach to this. So uh, you're going to have eight teams. And so your top eight in the world, um, they are going to be your eight captains. Um, and then they're going to draft a team. of. So they have to draft seven more guys. Um, and I want it to be a draft. Like, let's sit down Tuesday night and, you know, kind of like, it, let's make it like an all-star game. But, you know, like the NHL or the, the NBA. I think the NBA more so now. Uh, but Wait, let's sit
1: down. But after after a couple of years, are you gonna have to switch it around to stop hurting people's feelings? So you pick from worst to first?
0: No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um so you your eight captains, they go out there and they draft, you know, in snake drafts or however you know they want to do it. Uh, but they draft their their team of eight to, to create it. Um you have I, I like the idea you brought in of uh, let's go to a course like uh Tori Pies that has two separate courses to kind of speed this up a little bit.
1: Um but re-
0: regardless, you're gonna have you know, four teams on the other on one side, four teams on the other. Uh, for the first three days, you're going to play a round-robin, just like now. So Wednesday through Friday, they do round-robin. Um, but we're going to do it Thursday through Saturday. That's your round-robin. At the end of the first three days, uh, so coming in this Sunday morning, we're going to sit there. The top team from the left side is going to play the top team from the right side all the way one through four. So there's no cuts. You still have the top 64 players in the world. There's no cuts, so nobody really has to go home. You know, you don't have to worry about television time being cut or anything like that, but you just have 1v1, uh, the whole way, or 1v1, 2v2, so on and so forth. Um, I, I think that'll be a lot more interesting. Keep fans engaged. Uh, I think that'll be great for TV partners. You don't have to worry about uh, you know, kind of like what we saw this week is the championship matches a blowout and all of a sudden they have 45 minutes left on TV. Mm-hmm. Thank God you know, Scheffler and, and McElroy were still playing, so you know they got some eyes to stay on there, but Uh, I I think that that keeps people a lot more engaged. I think it'll be a lot more fun for the players Um, and, you know, these guys having to strategize versus another team. Okay, who do I want to sit out there versus, say, Max Homa uh, and so on and so forth. So I I think that would just be a little bit more more fun to see. Um, So let's go ahead. Let's move over to the Valero Texas Open this week. Uh, We are going to make our fantasy picks. Uh, First, we're going to go back and look at our fantasy from last week uh, and break that down for you guys. So as we described to you on the show last week, uh, what we did is we picked uh, every group winner, uh, all 16. Uh, Slade and I both went six of 16. Uh, so not great in the group stage rounds. Um, and then from there, uh, we just did a bracket challenge. So you got two points for uh, predicting the first round winner. Uh, you got four points for predicting the quarterfinals. Uh, it was, sorry, three points for predicting the quarterfinals, four points for the semifinals. You got 10 points if you got the right winner and five points if you predicted the correct third place finisher. Um, so looking at the first round slate, you got eight points. Then you got three points in the quarterfinal, zero points in the semifinal. And then you did not have the third place or the main event, the champion. Um, I got 12 first round points. I got nine quarterfinal points, four semifinal points. And that was it for me. Uh, I had Scheffler winning third place and he lost. Um you and I both got screwed by Max Homa, uh, <laughs> and then your other uh, bad picks for the Spawn. bracket. Uh, you had Spawn going just about all the way. Uh, you also had Horschel and Cantlay, uh, and they they kind of stiffed you there. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, I I picked up the win over everybody this week. I think by like two points or five points. Mm-hmm. I beat I beat Sam by five points. No, one point. That's right, because he he had the third place. He had McIlroy winning third. Um. So I beat Sam by one point. Uh. So I. Gain a little bit of ground on Nick. I'm only eight back at him. uh, And I jump Slade into second place. Um, So Slade, let's go ahead and give us your picks uh, for fantasy this week at Valero.
1: Yeah, so uh, the guy that needs it the most right now, Ricky Fowler. Um, I talked to you beforehand. I'm disappointed that the PGA, the expert picks and stuff like that, everyone has Ricky Fowler at well, being on their roster, and it looks like right now about 60% of the people are taking Ricky Fowler to win. <laughs> um, it's never good for us, especially if the public and us are hoping that he wins. We can't put our money on him. Uh, but <laughs> I'll do that anyway. Uh, the second is, is Chris Kirk. Um, I think that he is going to be able to play really efficiently here, and I hope that just his ability to kind of keep it clean no bogeys is his way of making it in to at least the top 20 um that would score me some points and and that would at least make me happy it's the same thing with spawn it's supposed to be spawn jj spawn uh he is in the same position as kirk i'm just hoping that he's able to get a top 20 um i was hoping that last week he was the dark horse i picked him i think it was the only one to pick him in his opening match basically of bracket play. And I had picked him to end up beating Rory. I think it ended up real bad for me, but, um, Siwoo Kim, I I picked him just because I had seen that. I think you and Sam both had him and I was between him and I think Davis maybe. And I ended up going with him. Uh, I think that this is a little off because, wait no I think I was between him and Hatton because I have Davis and Connors as my last two people and uh I I was looking
0: at mine when I when I picked yours oh you're good you're good (laughs) I I did
1: though I would have picked Hatton but uh I am betting against Hatton this week uh so I didn't want to put him on my roster and bet against him uh but Corey Connors I think is the best chance to I, I think that that might be who I put some actual outright money on um I think that he would be a good dark horse and someone that played pretty good last week and, and that could get things started on the right track here for a little bit of a run, obviously not a Scheffler run, but maybe a top five um, here in the next two weeks, you know, uh, would be really nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, looking at my picks, I have pretty much the same exact lineup. Um, obviously, like you said, I accidentally put Hatton in your lineup, but. Uh, he is a my lineup, and I. the only difference is I didn't have Connors. I replaced him with Ben Griffin. Um, looking at Hatton, Uh he is a T2 at the players, T4 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and a top 40 at the Genesis. He also finished top six at the Waste Management Open. Um, not great at the match play, but I, I. it's good to build momentum there, but it's also difficult to judge a lot of these guys' performance from week to week and then going to a different kind of style tournament like that. Um, well, it is fun for us to watch. Obviously, it, it makes kind of judging it hard. So I'm not gonna not gonna put anything on him for that. Um, but I, I so I'm gonna take him this week. And then Griffin, the only other difference here uh, from our lineups, uh, 14 to 16 make cuts. Uh, top 27 at the players. Also, I mean, if you think back, you look at the Saturday. He, he had a rough Saturday, but he was in that final group with Scheffler and Minwoo Lee. Um, so he has the potential of, of being really good. I think he's he's progressed a, really well so far this year. Um, I'm, I'm expecting to, to make a couple more jumps here. Uh, he also has one top 10 and six top 25s. Uh, so that's why I'm putting him uh, in my lineup. Uh, so some from our college football show, if, if any of you guys watched that over the fall, uh, is we make cash out picks. We're going to start doing that with PGA Tour here. It was a little hard last week because it was, you know, who's going to win groups and we already made those picks versus putting them bets. Um, so from here on out, we're going to start putting together a couple bets that we like uh, each week for you guys. Um, and so, Slay, let's go ahead, and you can go ahead and give us yours first.
1: Um, yeah. So I have kind of a parlay of of top twenties, um, or tied for twenties at least. Damn um, dogs, right now. Um, I have Fowler, Sam Ryder, uh, Kirk, and Davis all at finishing in the top twenty. Uh, really, the only one that I'm kind of worried about is Davis in this. I think the other three should be able to to get in there, even into the top fifteen, possibly. Um, but the fact that this was at plus fifty seven hundred, I went ahead and put five bucks on it. I think it gives like almost three hundred dollar return. Um, and then the second one is Fowler over Hatton at plus one thirty-four. Um, I had talked to you beforehand and said that like um I think the reason why everyone is betting so much on Fowler right now is because last season he needed to be like seventy fifth or above and he ended up getting it done on the last possible week. Um, I think that it's just kind of expected that he's going to be able to get this done and get himself qualified or like an automatic bid into the masters um this would be the week Uh, I think that Hatton could be his his biggest competition in that especially based on um what you had said with his accomplishments already this season um so I I just have to bet against Hatton what will end up happening is Fowler will end up taking like I don't know, 15th or something like that. Hatton will take second. I'll lose the bet. <laughs> Hatton won't be in my lineup because I didn't want him in my lineup. <laughs> and you'll end up flying past Nick this week in points. Yeah. What about um, your bets?
0: <laughs> yeah. So before I get in the mind, I just want to say, hey, listen to Rick, Ricky, if you're watching this, if, if you're not going to get it done, it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're not expecting you. We want you to. Obviously, we'd love to see you at Augusta next week and win the green jacket. But um, we, we understand it's very difficult. Uh, but please, the love of God, like if you're not going to do it, like finish, like say said, like finish T-15, um, please don't lose like a putt on Sunday, because I don't think my heart can take it, and I don't want to be crying driving home from Pennsylvania. I'll have to
1: burn my orange Puma
0: polo if he Um, loses on a putt on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but without further ado, let's get into my picks, um. So this was on DraftKings. I don't say I'm not sure where you got your odds, but my odds are from DraftKings. Kendall. And this was a parlay they had built in. Uh, they they had a few for this week, and I I just really like this one. I just saw it. This is obviously a little out there, uh, plus 4,500 odds. Uh, but it's for Fowler to finish uh, top five, Kucher to finish a top ten, uh, and Chris Kirk to finish a top twenty. Uh, I think Kirk is the only lock here per se. Um, Kucher obviously coming off a very good weekend. At the Dell Technologies match play, uh, I don't think any expected him to win his group. And there he was. And then he, he gave a heck of a fight in the first round of the bracket, too. Um, but he, he's a very good, consistent player. Uh, he loves Texas, and he loves playing in that area. So I'm expecting to have a, to have a very good week. Uh, again, this is what we, you and I like to consider, you know, a, a lower field, a lesser field. Uh, these are the fields where guys like Kucher shine through. Uh, and then Fowler to finish top five. Again, he's just building momentum and consistency throughout the year. He looked very good at, at match play, just ran into Billy Horschel, who was dominant in, in his group play. Um, but again, you know, the, the kind of the, the weight is on him. Hopefully it's not too much. I, I would love to see him thrive under the pressure this week and not crumble, uh, but we shall wait and see. But again, that's kind of my out there pick. Uh, what I would call my lock this week is Ben Griffin, the finish in the top 20. Again, I just talked about it in fantasy. He's looked really good so far this year. He's continuing to put together solid finishes. Uh, and I, I think a top twenty finish is well within his grasp this week. Uh, so those are our cash out picks for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, obviously, your
1: wins. your first one is a DraftKings only bet because uh, okay. I tried to put it in on FanDuel and it's not. It's like you can't put these together or whatever. Yeah, so I, I, I did I'm notice that, that you on... said that it's DraftKings so that if anyone wants to bet that that they can they can bet because it. it's definitely a good bet like you had said. Yeah. But because I was going to try and place it, I was like, it won't let me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that too, and I, I don't understand why I Fandle won't let you kind of build that parlay uh yeah. of like and I I tried to do this last year with NASCAR when that one guy like won a million dollars at the top ten finishers of Daytona. Yeah, yeah. The very next week I tried to do it and it's like oh no, like you have to do this all singles. Like, all right, that's dumb. But yeah, um, so yeah, I don't know. Fandle's gotta get it figured out. But I mean hey <laughs> DraftKings, you should sponsor us. Um but without further ado, um I also don't to be remiss, uh, let's go back. Um, and of course, it's time to bring up that our spring merch is live. Uh, so make sure you guys head over, uh, use a link in our bio to go check it out. These are all the designs we have out now. Remember, we have multiple colors, uh, all different styles, uh, t shirts, women's, uh, tank tops, all of it, sweatshirts, hats. We got it all. So make sure you head over there and check it out. Use the link in our bio or head to Jack Wagon. Jack-Wagon-Merch.Creator-Spring.com. My God, that's a lot. Um, Yeah, link in the bio is easier, but copy and paste this if you need to. to Head over there and check it out. We really appreciate it. Uh, got a lot of fun stuff over there for you guys. Um, So now it is time uh, for Slade and I's favorite segment of the week, uh, what we call Growing Our Game. Um, I left up with Slade to pick this week, so I'll let him introduce it.
1: Yeah, so I kind of went a little different with this one, not necessarily what we had talked about last week and like what we would do different, but uh, this one is kind of our goals on the season and what we want to try and accomplish personally with our golf. Um, I kind of given examples to you; those were kind of my goals. Um, so, so my goal is to kind of practice here at the beginning of the season. Uh, obviously, I'm in Pennsylvania where there's a bunch of snow and stuff. Uh, you're in North Carolina where you could golf once a month right now depending (laughs) on the weather and so i mean you could probably go off every day if you wanted to at some courses but realistically you can go off right now yeah realistically you can go off like every other weekend or whatever you know uh this is pre-kid um but but, uh, up here i can't uh I, i could try and go and i think they would only let me hit the driving range because every other day there's snow on the ground um so once after kind of like two weeks i'm gonna do a lot of practice and stuff like that. I'm going to try and go the whole summer with not scoring over 120. Um, I think that in our tournament that we did last year, we were all under 120. So I'm kind of hoping to try and keep it within that same score uh, so that I can whoop up on you guys again by one stroke. Um, (laughs) And then the other thing is I have a a bad – Consist. I have a consistency of doing three putts and so I really want to cut down on that and I want to go a whole round with no three putts um it's especially hard when you're at like a par five and you're like 100 yards mm-hmm. out and you hit it onto the fringe from there I'm not chipping it so I am gonna putt it it's like 10 feet away still putt it again it's like two feet away and then you put it for a third time and get lucky making it two feet um so yeah that's that's my two big goals for the summer, realistic
0: goals that I'm going to try and achieve. What about you? Um, so, my first one is kind of along the lines of, of the same putting one you made. Uh, so, I'm documenting all my rounds. Uh, I was using an app before, uh, but I kind of went away with that. Um, it's because I don't like looking at my phone nonstop. I'm, I'm trying to get away from that in general. Not doing a very good job so far, but um, I, I can definitely start in places like the golf course. Um, and so, I'm going to write down all my rounds. And so, I would like I want my average to be uh, for putts per hole to be under two across the entire year. Um, I understand three putts are still going to happen. I would love like you I would love to go one full round with no three putts and I'm definitely going to celebrate when I do that. Um, but I, I think for me, a more reachable goal would be uh, to, to across the entire year. I have an average of under two putts. Um, my other goal is uh, to hit under. Well, first just in general have a more consistent score uh, you know, last year I broke 100 twice. I also shot 130s and 120s and, and, and all that. So I would love to get kind of a tighter grouping of my scores uh and just be a lot more consistent. I would love to break 100 more consistently. I, I don't want it to be fluke occasions. I would love to, you know, go out with you guys or, you know, go out with, you know, my, my father-in-law or, or my brother-in-laws um, or my dad or, you know, anybody and, and just go out there and shoot a really good round and, and be happy and not do have to sit there and get frustrated. Um, I don't play well in front of people for some reason. Uh, but I go play by myself and I, I play like I'm the next target woods. I don't get it. But um mm-hmm. and so <laughs> what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but you know, I'm hoping to get my first fitted set of clubs this year. I'm hoping that kind of helps push things in that direction. Uh, but I've been practicing a lot, you know. Like you said, mm-hmm. I have I have a kid now. I can't go out and play a full round of golf, it's difficult. Um, but, I, I try to go out and practice at least once a week, uh, Hannah and, and the baby, like coming to the driving range and sitting there, um, trying to get Hannah in the golf, the, the golf pro at the driving range last week, walked up to her and said, Hey, it's ladies night. Why don't, why don't you come down? Uh, so we're, we're still working on her trying to get her in the golf, but we'll see. But, uh, that very makes thankful things a that lot easier. Yeah. But I'm, v- I'm very thankful that she she affords me those opportunities to go to the driving range and, and we still get to spend time together, get out of the house. Uh, but I, I'm getting a lot of practice in. I can feel improvements. Uh, but then there's times where, like, I, I thought I had my driver figured out and I, my new tip was going to help me, and I'm still slicing it. And then all of a sudden I hit a really good one. Um, you know, my, I feel like my biggest problem with my practices is when I hit a really good shot, I, I will go to the next one, and I'm like, okay, I'm doing everything the same exact way, and I get a completely different result. Um, so, I mean, that, that's another gold mine is to get more consistent with those you know, the shots. When I feel a good shot, okay, this is actually what's happening when I'm doing... You know, this is my, my physics, my motion, and everything, as compared to a bad shot, and, and get better at that. But um, so those are my goals uh, for twenty twenty three. Um, but
1: so you're going to uh, become Matt Fitzpatrick and document every single shot from now yeah. for eternity.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, I've uh, I'm working with Hannah right now. Only- I found I found it's, it's a company. That they uh, it's called I think Always Grinding uh, is what their their name is. <laughs> but they make like round log books that you can use. Yeah. Uh, but it's like thirty dollars for one round. Um, and so I'm just going to go into Excel and make my own uh, <laughs> and, and see how that goes. But um, yeah, no, just trying to get a little bit more serious about it. Um, and I, I will say so you brought up our, our tournament last year. Obviously, we're looking forward to doing more of those this year and actually putting the video together and then publishing it for you guys. Um, but I, I will say, Slate, I, I cheated on the last haul. You called me out on it, but you kind of let it go. Uh, I definitely grounded my club in the sand and I took like three shots to get out. You, you won either way but i was just... you know
1: what's also funny you mentioned about the video is that zurich who uh did his second uh his second degree during school <laughs> for like uh editing and videography and everything like that every time i see him, he's like yes yeah, see you guys still didn't put out that video of you guys golf toward whenever he's like be ashamed you can't just like you know send this stuff to somebody and then just put it together and up on youtube for you i'm like yeah well uh That'd be you're at wrestling practice and work and you know like yeah. what, what what time do you have to do this or whatever? he's like well i'm just saying you know it'd be nice if you had someone like that i'm like
0: yeah. shut up so he, he can come out with us this summer and, and film for us so. yeah but all right well that will do it for bunker boys this week thank you guys so much for checking us out as always of course uh one last reminder before we go w.gg use code jack for 10 percent off your order and help us out uh it's a great product i i've used it more than i have coffee i have a newborn here at the house. Uh, and so I love using W it gives me a little bit more energy, but I don't feel like making a full pot of coffee. Um, and then last but not least, uh, don't forget to head over and check out our merch. Our spring golf merch is live now. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. All different designs, men's women's. Um, and, and so go over there and check all that out. Link in the bio. Uh, of of I would not medias. be
1: surprised if we have a video or a picture to post this summer of Nick in a tank top with the WWDD. Oh uh, logo God. on it because
0: I mean that and a mullet Yeah, it's it's a match made in heaven uh, but we will see you guys in the next episode thank you so much for checking us out we'll be back next week to break down the Valero and get you ready for the Masters we're so excited we're going to have a full show for you guys uh, so make sure you come back and check that out we'll see you in the next episode